This episode of the Incredible Holt Podcast is brought to you by Audible. Make sure you uh, check out Audible this weekend. couple suggestions. If you want to get your free trial, you can do it at audibletrial.com backslash Eric. That's audibletrial.com backslash Eric. I would highly suggest Martin Lidstrom's new book called Small Data or The Hard Thing About Hard Things. Those are the two I'm reading right now. Uh, and I'm moving on to Inevitable, which is uh, Brian Kelly's book about the six things that in technology are a lock. And it's how we respond to them that will be the thing that matters. All right, we are into it. It is episode three of the Incredible Holt podcast. We talk to Dan Hill, used to live in Grand Rapids, saved up a lot of money, moved out to California to build his dream career, which he is doing right this very second. So without further ado, it's Dan Hill on the Incredible Halt Podcast. There are aspects of my personality that I can't control. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. The Incredible Halt Podcast. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret. I'm always angry. Raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. The Incredible Halt. Besides, nobody's getting hurt. Podcast. Maybe if I can control it, I can use it. Hear the music. How are you, dude? I'm really well. How are you? <laughs> I can I can only imagine how really well you are. Um, thank you for doing this, by the way. For sure, absolutely. How uh how is um how is 27 treating you? You are uh, 27 in a day. How's that working out for you? Yeah, uh, so far. I'm loving it. Don't really notice a difference yet. Hopefully, my insurance rates will go down. Not, you know, not, no, you gotta wait. Till, you gotta wait till thirty for that one. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they don't go down till you get to thirty again. I think tw- the big thing about twenty-five is that you get that discount, and then I think again at thirty. But don't use it. Uh, my sister-in-law, you'll love this. Um, she got a letter today from her insurance company that I will, at this point, remain nameless. Um, that said, hey. It appears you've been a customer for five years, um, but you used the roadside assistance three times. We're going to have to review as to whether or not you're a worthwhile customer to have. Like re- the roadside assistance three times? That's what. Uh, all right. Okay, wow. then. So are her rates going to go up? Or? Well, I don't know how they could go up because they're already like 150 bucks a month. So I'm like, hey, just send them a calculator that says four <laughs> years times $150. I had one tire change and two crazy toes like that it feel like you're in the green insurance company all right so the 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 reason what we have you here and the reason that i've been doing these podcasts is i've I've of course been trying to go talk to interesting people where they are unfortunately uh you are in a different time zone in a different state so i couldn't actually go to where you are so we're doing this via skype Uh, oh i thought you were gonna say unfortunately you're not interesting enough to talk to (laughs) no no no. unfortunately i couldn't find anyone interesting so we called you uh no i you know so I apologize for not being able to see you face to face, but Skype will be have to be the the next best thing. Um, but I, I wanted to get you on and talk to you for a little bit because I think it's important for people to hear your story because I, I think especially your generation they hear a lot of this bullshit about uh, don't go to school, become an entrepreneur, follow your passion, success will happen. And while you're doing the latter part of that, there's a fair amount of work that went into the former part of that that allowed you to be where you are. And I'll let you kind of tell where you are and why you are where you are. But I I wanted to kind of unpack the amount of work that went into doing that and the amount of most likely the amount of discipline that I think people miss out on when they're like, oh, I'm going to up and go to blah, blah, blah and follow my dream. Three months later, I'm living in my parents' basement. Wasn't that awesome? (laughs) Right. 
Oh, totally. I know that feeling. So, Dan Hill, uh, walk me through how we got. First of all, tell everyone where you are right now. Okay. Um, should I be wearing headphones, by the way? Not if you can hear me. You can do whatever you want. Okay. I wasn't sure if it would be recording yourself as well. Nope. We're all good. Okay. Wow. Uh, that's a big uh, question. Well, we've got an hour, so, so you've got a lot of time to unpack it. So. <laughs> Perfect. So I guess it all started um, when I fell in love with music uh, here in Outcast for the first time early in my high school days. And I just started researching them and I bought their CDs and I realized, you know, there's like six of them. And I'm like, wow, they're all different or they're all unique. This is incredible. And it basically spiraled into collecting records, listening to everything. Uh, it, was, it was basically an obsession. Like my parents were upset that I would cash all my checks and just go buy albums. They're like, what are you doing? CDs have no value. Like what? I, I mean, not no value, but like save your money, be smart about it. Right, right, right. And yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call it extreme, but collecting <laughs> is a little strange. It's an obsessive behavior. Do you still have the CDs? Oh, yeah, yeah. They're at my parents' house in my old bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I can't carry a thousand CDs around with me if I travel, so. It's a little bit uh, <laughs> difficult to be nomadic with a collection that size. Correct. Right. Okay, so, so so you fall in love, but that's still, I mean, not to fast forward the story a little bit, but you're not in Atlanta. Correct. I wanted to move when I was 18 years old. Um, to Los Angeles or New York or Atlanta and be a part of the music scene. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what I could do. I didn't know my own skills. I just knew I was a fan. Um, but then I thought long and hard about it, and I said, I can't move without a degree or money. Those two things are essential. At least at so. least the last one is certainly... <laughs> De definitely money. <laughs> <laughs> Are you drinking a KBS just casually? You're a Cicerone now, so I figured I would drink a KBS since you're a Cicerone. Dude, I feel like I need a beer. Go grab a beer. <laughs> All right, he's going to go grab a beer. Uh, so, you know, not to fast forward his story a little bit, but to sort of fill in the gaps. Um, started in Grand Rapids, and he's going to tell you all of the the work that he did to get to where he is in California right now. Um, but like I said in the intro, I just think it's really important to hear the stories of people and the work that goes in to filling in the gaps between, and I, again, I've used this analogy on Everything is Marketing. I've used this analogy on Way of the Warrior, and I'll use it again here on The Incredible Halt, is the South Park underwear gnomes, right? Like you hear this thing, go follow your passion, profits. And there's a giant chasm in the middle that um, I think this story can start to fill in because there's a, there's a lot of work that you need to do in order to get to being paid to follow your quote unquote passion. Would you agree with that, Dan? As you, what are you pouring? First of all, uh, I'm pouring what a arguably the original pale ale from Ooh, the, the Bass, the Mighty Bass Ale. I was going to pour do Bunny a... the Elder from Russian River, one of the greatest IPAs of all time, but it's not. No, I can't do that. <laughs> As I, are are we not worthy of that? No, I only have two bottles, and I'm I'm trying to save them for a rainy day. Gotcha. And it doesn't rain in Southern California, so I might be holding on those for a while. <laughs> that's, all, that's all good. So where in Southern California are you so people can kind of get some context? 
I'm in Los Angeles. I'm in Valley Village, like a street over from Studio City. It's a little bit more well-known, Studio City. Um, it's about 15 minutes from Hollywood, all the action, um, but far enough away where you're not exactly in the chaos. Uh, traffic is still bad regardless. Like, don't drive between 3 and 7. Like, that's so real. <laughs> Because when you, because when we we had lunch the day before you left, and you're like, yeah, they keep telling me this thing about not driving between three and seven, but I don't think they know what they're talking about. Apparently, they know yeah. what they're talking about. Like I was born and raised in Grand Rapids for 26 years. Like we think 131 is bad, and like yeah, Memorial Day, Ju- you know, Fourth of July, sure, 131 is awful. But LA is like that every single day. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It's the worst ever, actually. Um, I actually was, I was driving home the other night from, uh, Prince's birthday party. They played Purple Rain on the big screen. It was incredible. They had a Prince cover band. It was spot on. Um, and driving home around like 1030 at night, I realized there was no traffic at all. Like after, you know, nine or 10 o'clock. So I just drove through LA for about an hour by myself, listening to Prince's greatest hits (laughs) because you get to see the city. You can't see it when there's traffic everywhere because you just want to rush home and, like, unwind. But when there's no cars, the city is beautiful. There's so much going on. It's so vast. There's so many historical buildings and structures that it really makes you appreciate it. You can't appreciate anything when you're in three hours of traffic. No, you cannot appreciate <laughs> anything. Uh, quick quick aside, though, since you went to the birthday party in L.A., there was one – well, there's lots of them, but there was one in Chicago. Um, and I just wanted to ask you – uh, how many songs before they played Pussy Control? Because in Chicago, it was one. <laughs> they oh, played wow. an opening number and then straight to Pussy Control. Um, I got there a little late. I only oh. saw the only I only saw like four, <laughs> four songs. I don't think any of those were Pussy Control. Um, I just thought, I was, you know, as, as two guys who love music and the art of programming, I don't know that that would be song two at my Prince birthday party. <laughs> I mean, you got to warm it up a little right, bit. Right, you got to kind of like warm into that. Like, that's like the Tinder of rock sets. Like, we're just going straight for the action. It's sex in the sun. <laughs> like, just starting it off yes. right away. Right. Like, okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you're in Grand Rapids. You're 18. You're quickly becoming addicted to not only the art of music, but the art of collecting music. And yeah. then you're, you turned 27 yesterday, and you've been in L.A. for a month. So speed up and fill in the gaps it was eight year gap of of action so yeah i randomly wow it was so random i can't even describe how random this was i ran into a sales guy at one of my jobs and he was asking me about the radio station it was ron clement and he was like what's going on like what uh what do you listen to i'm like oh you know serious radio or whatever it was He's like, oh, what do you normally listen to? I'm like, I don't know, rap, hip-hop, sure. He's like, oh, do you like 104.5? And I was like, yeah, I guess so, sure. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They played some good songs, you know, whatever. And uh, he's like, you should should intern for him. And I'm like, who are you? I I didn't ask you if I wanted to intern. Like, I have no idea who you are. And he gave me his card, and he's like, hey, reach out to us. Like, we're always looking for interns or whatever. And so I went home and I'm like, that was the most random conversation I've ever had. This dude doesn't know me and he asked me to intern or like, who does that? I don't know, but he did. And I got to thinking, I was like, well, why not apply? And so I applied and 
long story short, I got hired six months later after working five days a week, uh, 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. for free for movie tickets, uh, you know, for college credit, for concert tickets, uh, and then learning that I loved programming, that I loved editing audio, that I was decent at talking when I wanted to between songs. And yeah, I just, I learned a lot and it was fun. And then you hired me uh, six months after that internship, January 1st, I believe. And doubt it was, I doubt it was New Year's Day. Just saying. Well, that's like, I started like the first week of January. It was probably the third. You're right. I doubt I was that excited to hire you that I was like, oh, it's okay that it's a holiday. Let's hire him anyway. (laughs) Good point. Yeah, you came in (laughs) on vacation, on holiday. My New Year's resolution is to hire this kid I met an hour ago. Hey. (laughs) Well, you know me for six months at that point. Yeah, clearly. Yes. No, but I got to wonder. So, like, the first week of my internship, I was in the hallway waiting on, you know, waiting for the on-air sign to get off before you can enter as an intern. You know, you got to get your street cred up before you're allowed to enter the room when the on-air light is on. And you said, hey, man, if you need anything, let me know. And I didn't even know who you were at the time. I didn't know you were in charge of the station. But... I've always wondered, like, why you said that to me, because there were, you know, three other interns not taking it as serious as I did, but it meant a lot. And I didn't even know who you were at the time. Well, I think you I think you get a sense out of people. And that's the um, sort of the impetus behind what I'm doing here is trying to find people that have either inspired me or influenced me in some way, shape or form and tell their story, because there's enough podcasts out there that talk to uber famous people and i think that there are plenty of normal people that do that do incredible work and inspire people so i guess the long and short of it was um you were the only one that seemed to actually care about the job and um i i had always been a guy especially with radio because with radio it's a really really hard thing to to test for accuracy like test for their ability to do the job because the job is being entertaining and that's such a squishy like what is entertaining, right? right. You, I mean, you know, you drove sure. around. You drove around in L.A. at ten o'clock at night, and there might be some people who have lived in L.A. for fifty years that would think that that is the most boring thing they've ever heard in their entire life. But for you, that was the first time ever, and thus entertainment. So it's really hard to hire for entertainment. You've got to, in my opinion, you have to hire for people that you know are going to be moldable and coachable and listen, and then get enough. Um, of their sea legs that they're going to push back because the other thing about hiring creatives is if you get creatives and all they do is yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, sir. No, sir. They're eventually that creativity dies out. And, and to the polar opposite, you know, if they're an employee that all they do is yell at you and they want to fight about everything, they're also going to be a terrible employee, right? You need right. that. You need that sweet spot where they know when to fight and they know when it's not worth it. And there was just something about you that was so dramatically different. And that will kind of fill in some of the gaps here as to why you're in L.A. Because um, you to me, you did something that I don't know. I don't know that I could name a person aside from you that would do what you did to get out here. Wow. You know, when, when, and, and, and I mean that like when people talk about I'm going to go do a thing. And if I fail at it, it's no big deal. I'm going to pick myself. They have not built the foundation for it to be anything but failure. And in this particular scenario, I really think that you've built yourself for success 
and that if it fails, everything will still be all right, but you at least built a boat that's going to get out to sea, right? Thank you. Yeah, I mean, those are incredible words. I appreciate it very much. Um, Yeah, thank you. Uh, To get back to the whole story, uh, yeah, so I continued to go to school and work at the radio station. Um, I didn't know exactly what I was studying. I was at GRCC. Um, I loved it. Uh, I highly recommend everyone go to GRCC um, and then transfer to a four university. If you're looking at going to college, uh, it's the same credits um, for a fourth of the price of a lot of these public schools. Uh, I transferred to Grand Valley and I I had to move back home because I, <laughs> it was four times the price yeah. of GRCC. And I didn't want to rack up a lot of student debt. Um, I have a little bit, but not like 50000 80000 like a lot of my friends have. Um, it's much smaller than that because I got along with my parents and I said, hey, I need to come home if I want to pay for this, you know, <laughs> education. And then they were cool with it. And so went to school and then eventually I needed to declare a major, you know, that whole process. Right, right. <laughs> And I remember talking to you and I said, well, I'm thinking about broadcast and I don't want to, you know, offend anyone in broadcasts or they're going for their broadcast. Well, I'll I'll do it for you if you'd like me to. Hey, you can, because (laughs) these are your words anyway. Uh, I I don't even know what I actually said, but I'm sure it was something along the lines of, hey, um, there's no fucking money in that. So go do something where there's money. (laughs) Okay, I don't think you said money, but you definitely... Um, did I say future? That There's no future in that? Um, I can tell you. You said... <laughs> I said, oh, you know, I'm thinking about, thinking about broadcast as I major. And you just looked at me dead in the eye, frozen, serious, and said, can I swear? <laughs> yeah, I just did. So, sure. <laughs> you said, what the fuck are you going to learn in a broadcast class, or a broadcast cast class he goes you go you have produced a morning show you were on air you have ran meet and greets you have you know done all of these things for the past you know couple of years like you're already doing it and so i don't think it would help you that's what you said to me and i was like damn i guess he makes a good point or at least i guess i think you know what you're talking about <laughs> right well and and let me you know let me clarify that um, my answer has obviously changed eight years later uh, because the industry has changed. And I can tell you that as Dan Hill is on the, the phone right now or Skype, um, he was the last part-time employee we ever hired. Good point. Yeah. The, the last part-time employee I ever hired we are talking to right now at, at SNX. They have not had one since. And so what I mean by that there is no future is I don't know unless you wake up and you're Glenn Beck, I don't know how you would break into this at this point. And, and especially to go back to what you were just saying, we're doing what radio is, right? Good point, yeah. I mean, I'm using a $100 Tascam and a $100 SM58 and, you know, an iPhone headphones and doing this podcast. Now, I have a, a, more, a nicer setup that I use at MLive, but when I'm at home, I want to travel light. So point being is if you want right. to do talk radio, no, you don't need any permission anymore. And... I don't know how you would do it. I just don't know how you would do it now. I would not be able to tell you you've learned everything because we would have never even met if this was 2015. That's all of these are so true. It's crazy. Yeah. And 
you look at that radio now and it, it's so different than it was and it's becoming more syndicated and yeah, I mean, people can lose their jobs. Like that's one of the first things I learned as an intern in that six months of internship. I had never in my entire life seen such a high turnover, not only talent, but salespeople or executives or admin in that six months, I couldn't, I couldn't even, t I lost count of how many people changed jobs. And that's what I learned too, is like, don't ever make fun of the competition because you might be working there right. in three months right. across the street. Like don't. <laughs> and yeah, that's one of the reasons why I started looking at other ventures as well. Um, but that's sort of skipping around. So long story short, I declared uh, business as my major because I've always been attracted to you know, the functionality of how people work together. And it's great to be, you know, super creative and do your thing. Like art is your expression by all means, for sure. Um, don't sell out, do your thing, do whatever you want to do. That's great. But at the same time, like business is so important because like, unfortunately money is necessary and to understand uh, how money goes in and out of a business um, I found extremely valuable. And, and so then I, yeah, I declared business and with an accounting emphasis. Um, and as soon as I did that, <laughs> I remember you called me or emailed me, whatever, and said, Hey, we need to find you more hours because, uh, part-time employees, you know, with less than 20, you know, need to be up to 30 or something, you know, corporate mandate. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Like, I only have a few hours on air on the weekends or I'm helping out during the day with social media or whatever I was doing. And uh, the business department needed an assistant. And this was all within a couple of weeks. And I was like, well, I'm studying accounting. Like, do you guys need some help? <laughs> I'm studying accounting. How hard could it be to run 10 radio stations? Right. And... Put me in, coach. <laughs> exactly. And... I interviewed for the position. I already knew the people interviewing me because <laughs> I'd worked there for, you know, three years at the time. And they're like, yeah, we want you. And I was like, cool. So unfortunately, I had to get off. I had to, you know, decline my on-air segments. You know, I'm sure you were so disappointed I was no longer on air. Well, I mean, that, you know, that would have gone away anyway. You know, you, 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 I mean, you went, you went where, and this is not how at all, how you're wired and, and people will get this as the story on lines, but you went where the opportunity was, right? Some people would say you went where the money was. I mean, you weren't getting lots of money, but what I meant is like, you go where the, the, the opportunity lies. The opportunity was not, you were not going to get hired full time to work on a radio station. As long as you're in the door, things will happen. And so, yes, I was loving on air. I was loving, you know, working with concerts, whatever, working with artists, working with you. But at the same time, I was about to lose my job, I feel like, if I didn't find those hours. So I saw an opportunity and said, yes. And like, it was like a dollar raise. So I'm not chasing the money. <laughs> I wanted to stay in the building and get a 360 view of that. And you can do that. By working in the business department, you can appreciate what the sales team does. You can appreciate what on air does by understanding it all and then taking a step back and then looking at it at the books. And so that opportunity was huge and I loved it. It was different, 
but I was still around music. I was still around radio. I was, you know, a floor above it and I could easily go see you in the studio and talk or grab lunch. I didn't, yeah, it's, it's not running away from your dream or passion. It's, it's staying next to it. It's being a part of it and it's important. So I don't know if I said that <laughs> articulate. No, I, I think you, you know, I think you did. And, and, uh, uh, I've said this to a couple of friends. I was listening to, um, Mike Rowe was doing a podcast and he was talking about this, this, this very thing that we're talking about tonight, this whole idea about follow your passion and just unicorns are going to happen, right? If you follow your passion, <laughs> right? And he tells the story about this guy who hated his job. I forget what the job he had was, but he hated it. Um, and he discovered that in his town, there wasn't anybody who was emptying out the septic tanks. Like There wasn't a, a company doing that. So he started a company that empties out septic tanks, which sounds like a terrible job, except for he's the only game in town. Sounds he, shitty. He, right, yeah, well played. Um, <laughs> it was way too easy. But, well, you know, but like he's the only game in town. He does it when he wants, and he makes an insane amount of money. And the point of Mike Rowe's story was like, it's not about following your passion, right? That's part of this weird mythology in entrepreneurship. It's about go, like you said, I wanted to stay in the building. So I figured out a way to stay in the building. I, you know, yeah. as we're getting into the story, right? I wanted to go to California. How do I go to California? Like, how do I actually go to California? Not yeah. how do I cheat and go to California? How do I cheat and follow my passion on, you know, be to become an influencer on Instagram or an influencer on Snapchat? But like, how do you actually do it? And, and so this guy runs a business whenever he wants, vacations whenever he wants, and is the only game in town in that, in that city. And, and would he have picked septic tank operator? No. And even when you say it out loud, it sounds ridiculous. However, it has afforded him all of the latitude to do whatever he feels like whenever he feels like it nice. because he made that decision. And I think that's kind of what you're trying to frame here is like you had a thing you wanted to do and you moved the chess pieces around on the board to get to continue to be able to do that. hundred percent. And that, that that's exactly where I'm into. I'm at today. And I didn't, I didn't really know it at the time what I was doing. I just knew I wanted to be around it. And in the back of my mind, yeah, I'm 22 now or 23 and I'm studying accounting like that. Like it's one of the dullest subjects you could imagine now. But let me stop you there, because I, I think this is this is where it gets interesting for me. Which came first, the the discipline and philosophy for how much money would take it would take for you to do this or accounting allowed you to understand how much money it would take to do this. And then you just started adjusting over those four years, like had you been doing this since you were 18, like saving money to go do this thing that we're talking about? Or was that a byproduct of understanding, working in a business, taking accounting classes in a business major, so forth and so on? Yeah, it, it was like a subconscious thing that I realized when I was 18. I said, I might be unhappy here, but I'm going or not unhappy is not the right word. I might be un restless. <sighs> Definitely restless, yeah. Uh, anxious. Uh, you know when you wake up and you're not living your life the way you want to, but you know you're working towards something, and that's so big. Like that's what gets you through the day. That's what wakes you up. Like I don't drink coffee. People are like, how do you do that? I'm like, um, I'm excited every day because an opportunity might arise, or I don't know. Caffeine gives me a headache too, so I don't. <laughs> but I think, but I think you, you know, I think you're selling yourself short because I, I don't know how granular you want to get uh about the last month that you've been there but like 
Fair. Yeah. You know, you're, it's not opportunity isn't finding you. You're making it. Like opportunity isn't like waiting around the corner of this, whatever this room you're in that looks like it's from Three's Company. Um, you know, like it's not, <laughs> you know, it's not waiting around the corner from your palatial palace waiting for you to go outside and get the newspaper, right? You're making that happen. Correct. So to backtrack a little bit, you know, I'm studying, you know, late nights, you know, business. And I'm sitting here going like, dude, I want to be working with the next Kanye West. I want to work with the next Kendrick Lamar. I want to be involved with music on all levels. I, you know, I want to be in Sweden watching Jay-Z. Like that is my entire life's passion. And while I'm studying, you know, business, I would retract thoughts. I, I felt like I was not in the right place at the right time. Like I'm not doing what I want, but then my, the rational deep, like, deep thoughts where dude you're working towards your dream it's not right now it's not going to happen overnight but you're building that and for for me that building was a college education and saving money like that's those were the two things that I wanted before I made the move um because I knew I wanted to be in the scene somewhere I love Grand Rapids it's definitely my home it's where my heart is but I wanted to work at a record label. I want to work exactly with an artist that is, you know, popular or moving the genre in positive ways. And Grand Rapids doesn't have it at the level that I want to be a part of. And so, yeah, there were some dull, dry moments and doubts, um, you know, a couple of years ago. What am I doing? What am I doing? I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. Is college for me? Like, am I studying the right subject? What, you know, every doubt in your mind comes into play. But deep down, if you just take a breath and listen, like your heart tells you what to do. And for me, it said, you're almost there. Just stay focused, get that degree, and then you can go. Then, then I, I promise you, you can go. But right now you got to sit here and you got to read this book and you got to focus and, you know, do that problem again. So you don't look like a dumbass on that test, you know. And so you make yourself accountable. Where does that come from? Um, oh, yeah. Whew. That's a good question. Because I, I only ask that question because I, I, I know your family and they're not all like that. Um. I mean, everyone has black sheep, everyone... No, no, that's not what I mean. They, they, what mean? They, they're just not wired, like, to be able to do that self, that, you know, that self-talk, right? Where most people think that guys like you and I that do a lot of self-talk are crazy. But that self-talk to be like, okay, I got to sit here. I got to do this problem. This thing isn't happening today. But, oh, yeah. the, you know, these micro, these micro, tra you know, these micro transactions that I'm making with myself or with the environment around me are getting me closer to that. Like... Who in right. your family operates like that? Uh, my my brother is wildly independent. Uh, he's one of the most focused people I've ever met. You know, he's he was did six years army. He's so intelligent. Um, he he really has a focus about him. And I remember we were having a drink. Uh, he went to Michigan State. We had a drink when I was I don't know I was twenty one. I went and visited him and we sat at the bar. It was during the summer. So like no one was there. 
and we talked. He actually taught me how to sip bourbon at that time. I remember also... this. I remember this story actually. <laughs> yes. Because then, because the funny part of the story is that then you taught me how to sip bourbon. <laughs> it's just a slow process. It's just... a very slow. It is a microtransaction with yourself to understand how you like bourbon. <laughs> and now that's changed to beer, but that's another story. Um, but we just talked, and it was so important because he, you know, just served in Afghanistan a couple times, and he. He was focused on his degree at Michigan State, and I was unfocused, you know, back at GRCC. And he's like, "Dude, you gotta, you gotta pick something. You gotta focus. You gotta get this degree. Like, it's so important nowadays." And we ended up talking. I think we ended up talking about business. He's like, "Just, just find something you're decent at, and like, go for it. Like, just focus. Get some good grades, and like, it'll pay off." And like, it was just like the most simple passive conversation, but it, you know, coming from my brother's the oldest of four, I'm the youngest of four. Um, and he's my only brother. Uh, he just spoke so gentle and caring and just told me to, to focus on something, anything. And I knew exactly what I meant when he said that it, or what, what he meant when he said that. And for, for me to translate it, it was music and business at that moment like I went back home you know the next day and I knew exactly you know it sounds a little hypocritical because you know earlier in the story I didn't know what I wanted to do but like this conversation was a part of that where I declared my major at Grand Valley you know it was all it was all like part of the process of not doubting yourself and focusing on whatever it is that you want to do and so that was the conversation that led me to realize I could add value to music uh, with a business degree. So, and so now fast forward, you know, I ran my uncle's bar for a couple of years to help pay for school. And <laughs> about two months ago, uh, I graduated like a, like a year ago, by the way, for people to know the timeline i guess right so i graduated like a year ago i took a couple more classes um to be eligible to sit for the cpa exam you need 150 credit hours which is pretty much uh you know another degree on top of your bachelor a lot of people get their masters um to sit for that but i was so close um that i just took a couple extra classes a few months ago uh last winter and so I got my degree, got those extra classes. Now I can sit for the CPA exam, you know, now got opportunities, you know, to work here, there, whatever. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm not living my dream yet. Like what's going on? Well, I got drunk one night <laughs> uh, <laughs> with a couple of my friends in East town, whatever, you know, the usual, not drunk. I was buzzed, you know, yeah, you know, I got home with a, you know, Uber, and I was on Facebook, and I saw my friend James, one of my dear friend James, who's lived in Los Angeles for six years. You know, I visited him a couple times, and he said, hey, we're looking for a roommate, you know, May 1st or whatever. And uh, I was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> and then I ended up t calling one of my other best friends, Ashley, who um, used to work at SNX. She was an intern for us. Um, and now she's in Sacramento 
I called her and I was like, oh, you know, just catching up, whatever. <laughs> you quickly realize, you know, when you bartend and work nights that your only friends that are awake are on the West Coast. Right, right. Because <laughs> it's three hour difference. Right. So I called her and, I, you know, talking and I said, hey, James is looking for a roommate. Like, isn't that funny? Blah, 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 whatever. And she goes, you better call him now. And I was like, tiny, like, I'm saving money. I'm doing this. Like, come on. And she's like, no, you need to move. Like, you were one of the people that inspired me to move. And that was like three years ago. Like, you got your degree. I know you have money saved up. What is your problem? And I'm like, wow. Wow. Like, the student taught the master or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that because I was her boss at one point. Right. As, like, in charge of interns. <laughs> So as silly as that sounds, like I had that aha moment of, wow, I am not listening to myself. I am not the focused boy that I will, or man, you know, now that I'm 26 at the time. Right. And uh, that I told myself I was, she's right. Like, what am I doing? I love my job. I love my people. I, you know, I'm staying at my brother's house, amazing house. Like I was so comfortable. But it wasn't what I wanted to be doing. And there was like a moment of emptiness. And I know it, was, it's, it sounds awful because you're surrounded by loved ones. You're, you're doing well. You're doing things. But you're not fulfilling your passion. I wasn't fulfilling. Like I, didn't, I, did, I wasn't taking that next step to continue my dream manifestation. And it took that silly phone call to put it in perspective she was absolutely right i had no good reason or excuse for her at that moment and that's when i realized i need to call james now like i'm doing this and so what what day is this this was okay so i moved here a month ago um so this was is this february then this is like, no, it's like maybe middle of March. So maybe early March. We'll say, we'll say early March. And I called him, you know, a couple hours, you know, a couple minutes later. And I said, hey, James, uh, I saw on Facebook you're looking for a roommate. And he said, yeah. And I said, tell me about it. And he went through the details and I'm like, Wow. I need to do this. And he said, are you serious? And I'm like, yes. I go, I'm going to talk to some people and we're going to make this happen. And he's like, wow, keep me posted. Love you. Bye. Whatever. (laughs) And so I woke up the next day and I'm like, whoa, I'm sober now. And I (laughs) promised my friend that (laughs) and myself (laughs) that I'm moving in like a couple months and i mean it was it wasn't official it it was an idea i talked sure but but what do you think i mean aside from the fact that being drunk lowered your inhibitions to to make you know what i'm guessing is going to be the right call for you at this point like what was the fear that was keeping you from doing that that you couldn't do in the in the harsh daylight of sobriety oh it was i don't know if it had anything to do with booze i mean i like beer for sure no, but, uh, it's not that you're you're missing the point. Like at that no. particular moment, you know, you were buzzed, so you made a decision. Then you woke up and went, "Oh, whoa! I just did that thing that I was scared to do. Why did I do that?" 
Right. And like you always, you know, have thoughts, you know, when you're buzzed at night, like you, your mind changes throughout the day. But when you wake up and go, whoa, I did something that I should have done a few months ago last night. And waking up, knowing that I did the right thing by calling him and asking him. Like, I didn't have any doubts at that time. Like, you don't have doubts when you're buzzed at night. And I didn't have any doubts when I woke up the next morning. No, I know that. But, like, do you have any any um, hindsight into what kept you from doing that prior to that night? Oh, uh, comfort. Comfort. I was so comfortable in Grand Rapids. Like I said, I lived at my brother's. It was just outside of East Grand Rapids, uh, like a mile from East Town. It was amazing. I was surrounded by friends. I had an awesome job saving up money, and I was comfortable. So it took me that moment, you know, on the phone, like with both of my friends that night, and they're both so supportive. And I'm like, wow, I support this myself. And I just kind of got lost in comfort, I guess. Those like I should have moved in January, but no, like this was the right time for me. Do you think and I know this is a, a bit hard to answer, but I think kind of an interesting question. Do you think if that conversation, that series of conversations don't happen, do you just sit in comfort and continue to save until that moment has passed and then you have regret? I guess I'll never know, and that is the best feeling <laughs> in the world. Because I can't answer that question because I did what I wanted to do. And that's, like I said, it's an amazing feeling. Knowing that you spent eight years studying or saving, you know, making baby steps into something that you don't know exactly what you want to do, but you know it's somewhere over here or over there, and you're making those steps, and then actually doing it, it's beautiful. So it's- so really quickly before we talk about what you're doing now and kind of wrap the story, right? Like, where in in 2016 do you wake up and go, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, I need to be a Cicerone? Oh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now, and for those of you who don't know, uh, if you know what a sommelier is, somebody who can do mass crazy tastings of wine and pair them with anything, that is what a Cicerone does with the ales that ail you, if you will. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just started... I mean, Grand Rapids is full of beer, as we're well aware. Yeah, sure it is. I mean, I'm drinking one of the greatest on the planet at this <laughs> no very... Joke. At this, po- this moment. But... There's, I think there's a difference between enjoying the occasional beer and going, oh, no, 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 I'm going to become the Luke Skywalker of craft beer. Like, what? how does that happen? So I was, I think it had to do with, with, with taking those couple extra classes at Grand Valley. I knew I had to, t- I mean, I, I took three, no, I took four extra classes after I got my degree just so I could sit for an exam that I might take. So I spent, you know, seven grand taking extra classes of like hard classes that I avoided to get my degree just so I can sit for an exam. Like I was miserable. 
studying for the fun of it. Like, you know, you, you go around the class like, oh, are you a senior? Or, you know, what are your what are your hobbies? I said, I'm taking this class for fun. And everyone's like, are you serious? I go, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I'm taking this so I can sit for the CPA exam. But I already have my degree. So this is kind of awful. <laughs> and so I was frustrated and upset that I was studying, blah, blah, blah. And I wouldn't say I was drinking a lot, but I was, you know, you mitigate something awful with something enjoyable, whether it's hobby, you know, running or biking. And for me, like I do love running and biking, but I also really love having a beer with my friends at Founders or Brewery Buffon or, you know, the other 19 breweries in the greater Grand Rapids area. And I said, you know what, if I'm going to be here for another year studying random classes that I don't technically need, um, I'm going to study something fun as well, something that I am passionate about and that I enjoy, and that was beer. I found out about the Cicerone program, um, and I just fell in love with the idea of studying beer on an academic level. And so I took study methods that I had in college, and I said, I think I can apply those same things to beer. And it, yeah, I passed my exam in Nashville like three, you know, three or four weeks ago. Got so so what, what is the exam? What, like walk through, you know, people, they, you know, I think people kind of have this mysticism around sommeliers, right? Some random guy or girl wanders up to your table and goes, what are you having this evening? And you go, I am having the Dover Soul. And they go, oh, you should try that, right? And then for some reason it works perfectly. And you, and you know, the, the inquisitive one in me wonders how much of that is true and how much of that is the experience of some random human being walking up and going, what are you drinking or eating? You should try this thing. So, you know, when we, we port that over to beer, which I, I think it would be foolhardy to say one is harder than the other because I think they both have complexities that m- normal human beings don't understand. But what is beer and wine? Yes. Like, you know, the earthy tones of a, a Merlot versus the sweet or sour notes of, you know, like all the, the ways that you guys would describe the things that you consume. What's sure. an exam for a, a Cicerone like? Oh, OK. So th- there's four levels of it. It's just just like the Court of Sommeliers. Um, the first course or, or a dungeon in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Touche. The first level is when the orcs arrive. Right. They serve you, you a delicious. They, they the next... de- serve you a delicious IPA, and then. Speaking of orcs, are you seeing Warcraft next week or whatever? I think it comes up. The only way I would see it is because it's it's David Bowie's kid who directed it, so I feel like it's. Oh, sort I, didn't, of... I didn't know that. There you go. Um, nice. Yeah. So I mean, and I think it looks. I I never played the game. For as oh, much okay. of as much of a nerd as I am, uh, computer gaming was not in the in the Venn diagram of nerdy things I'm into. Computer gaming was never one of them. I was always oh. a console gamer, so it was never in my wheelhouse. That said, never, it look it looks interesting. For sure, I never I never played uh, World of Warcraft like what everyone did you, play. You played, played City of Warcraft. <laughs> no, I I played Warcraft one, two, gotcha. three. It, they were like RPGs. It was like Age of Empires. Yep. It was so much fun. It was great. Whatever. Um, back in my younger days. But yeah, so back to Cicerone. Um, there's four levels. The first one is online. You can study. For some people, I was industry. I was a bartender. So I studied for, I don't know. It was kind of just like a whim. 
I was actually on vacation in Palm Springs for a week and I just decided to take this exam because I had some free time <laughs> and I, I ended up passing. I was like, wow, that was kind of fun. And level two. So, but stop, stop, stop. What, okay. like, what is on the, like, what do they ask you? Okay. So level one is just real basic stuff. Like what temperature a keg should be at Got it. or, okay. um, what's the difference between a pale ale and, you know, an IPA, like, um, I, I can't, it's not like that simple. Like there were some serious, I had, I had to think, you know, but it yeah, was but, online. But would you, would you say being in industry, you probably would get a 70 if they were grading on a, a grade like that, as opposed to pass fail. Um, if you're industry and you like love beer and you listen to beer and you enjoy beer, you sip it slowly for the flavor and you have like done some, some history studying, like you'll do fine with, you know, a day of studying. You could pass it for sure. Gotcha. But level two is basic, basically like a college course level focused into a four-hour exam. And so you have to study like keeping and serving. You have to study beer styles. Um, you have to study uh, food and beer, um, beer history. Like, And then there's a tasting portion and it was, yeah, it was a four-hour exam on, like, name a commercial example of a black IPA. And so that's the one you take in Nashville? That's the one I took in Nashville. They do, like, four or five a month, I think, in, like, random cities. And there was one in Nashville, and I was like, you know, that's only, you know, eight or nine hours away. I'm going to go there. And so I went there and took the exam, and I walked out of it. Um, upset because I messed up on one of the essays. I doubted myself. I had it right, and I rewrote it with the wrong answers, like a whole page of material. And I was really upset. And I was like, this is going to be close. And so, like, I barely passed, like, the theory part. And then on the tasting part, I got a 98%. Um, and, like, wow. that's – I talked to Chris Cohen from San Francisco – he he wrote like the study guide for it, and he said, "I've never heard of someone getting a ninety-eight percent on tasting." And I was like, "Word, like that's dope." <laughs> like, <laughs> thanks, man. <laughs> um, but founders, uh, I can't tell you exactly what was on the exam, but there was a founders beer because you signed a non-compete or because you don't remember. Oh no, I I remember verbatim. Oh, okay. I don't think you're allowed to exactly Got talk it. about what was on it. So it's like, like a beer fight club. Kind <laughs> Kind of, I guess. Okay. But yeah, so found, there was a founder's beer on the exam. And I just, I wrote, if I don't get this right, I'm going to be really upset with myself. And it was probably like an unprofessional like response, but I answered it correctly. And then I, like, I did a little side note and said, I'm born and raised in Grand Rapids. I've spent so many nights and days at Founders. I better know this beer. Does, <laughs> does, that, does that beer rhyme with clean kid with a father? A clean kid. No. Father. Never mind. No dirty bastard. Okay, fine. Oh, not Ryan. You said Ryan. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, okay. It may or may not have been. I can't okay. answer. Okay. You can't. I so, cannot confirm or de deny it rhymed with Hubeus. Yeah. So, okay. It, and it was also the Cicerone certification helped me move to Los Angeles because I came out here without a job. 
So like getting back to why I'm out here. I came out here without a jab. But you came out here with gold bullion though. With what? With gold bullion. Like it's like you're going out west to go on the great gold war. Like you had money oh. is what I mean. Like you didn't come out here with like you're not a Guns N' Roses song. Like he came out with a suitcase in his hand and a dream on his brain and he was just gonna make it happen. He's gonna yeah, bite I, down on his mouthpiece and he was just gonna make it happen. I admire people that do that. Yeah, because it doesn't happen. That's why it's easy to admire them. They're Guns N' Roses songs. They're not real what? things. Hey, and, and like I know a couple people that like, you know, they did that and they fall on their ass instantly and then don't have the cushion. They don't have the foundation for stability. And that's what I've been doing for eight years. You know, I got my degree, saved up money. I got my sister own just because maybe I could come out here and not find a job at a record label, but I know I can get a job bartending. So what are you doing right now? Right now, I am networking. I am talking to people. I'm putting myself in the same room as people and picking their brains um i'm telling them about myself hey I, I like business and i love music i think i would add value in the in these ways um but i don't have a job right now for one month and it's been like the best month ever by the way <laughs> but um, it feels like that's intentional though like you're not trying to fill your time by having a job you're trying to do this network thing first and right. then go get a job at the viper room right or whatever That'd be cool, yeah. Right, well, um, I'm sure it would be. <laughs> yeah, and so I could easily get a 9 to 5, I think, or I could easily get, you know, a 5 to close bartending, but I want to be involved in the music scene. I want to pick the right job for me. I don't want I don't want a certain style job. Like, I want something that I love, and I feel like, if I'm in the building at a place that I love and I'm scoping out what people are doing, then I'll be happy. I don't want to do that right now at just any old place at a CPA firm or, you know, down the road doing payroll for some company. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to do CPA work for Capitol Records, for Universal Music Group, for anyone that will let me in those doors. That's who I want to work for as long as I'm around the music. So I'm working towards that, and and that means messaging people, following up, having meetings, going to parties. So, so you know, so and I I knew going into this that this this story doesn't quite have an ending yet, but that's kind of what I liked about it because I kind of I want to wrap it up like this. So you're you've moved out there, you've been out there for a month, um, and you're networking with people. I think the of the two ways that people falter in this passion project where they're going to quit their job and they're going to move to blah, blah, blah and do bliggity blah, that they lack the funds to do what you're doing and take a whole month to just kind of do the Zig Ziglar, right? Go someplace and live there, right? He used to say, move to a place and live there, meaning move to a city and then understand everything about said city so that you understand how to move around it. You know who to talk to, you know, you know, um, you can do high-level marketing when you understand how a city moves and breathes and undulates in that sort of way. And then the other thing that I think they mess up on is their inability to have an elevator pitch and their Ill- inability to even get in those rooms. So talk to me about how that's been going and how you've been making those connections. Because you came out there and you knew your roommate. Right. And so I knew the roommate. I knew the area because I'd been here two years ago. 
And okay, so discipline allowed me to do this. Right. Like that's the lesson here. I, tr- I you know, I promised myself eight years ago, built all that stuff. I, you know, we talked about, and. In the meantime, I was meeting people. I was talking to people. And now that I'm out here, those people know people. Like, you gave me one of my biggest contacts out here. And I met her. And then while I was talking to her, four other people came in the room and wanted to meet me and talk. And all of a sudden, I'm in the room with five people who are head of their departments, who are in the industry that I want to be in. And it was bliss. I'm sitting here listening to people talk. I got a couple of free albums out of it and, you know, just talking. I'm like, oh, I collect vinyl, you know, whatever. I'm a hipster. And they're like, oh, my God, I got a couple, you know, new albums that haven't even been released yet. And he handed me one. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm in the right building. I'm having the right conversations. He gave me his card. Uh, One girl asked, oh, do you have a card? I want to pick your brain more. And she's like, I don't. But here's my cell phone number. And so it's it's putting yourself in that position and then not taking advantage of it, but learning, like expand your mind, be interesting, ask the right questions, like find the answers that you want to know. Hey, I want to know how, how I can get a job here. Not, I need a job here. Like, no, like it comes off differently when you say, how did you get in here? Tell me your story so I can pick and choose from your story. And maybe you can relate to my story to do what you're doing. And so like that happened. Uh, I was at a barbecue the other night with a friend of mine who moved out there from Grand Rapids, Josh, you know, Josh Sikama. Of course I do. He's doing huge things out here with his, he, with his, with his he, camera. He was another guy though, that knew that this city was too small for him and he needed to take a shot and go do. He's another guy that had 10 jobs when he was in Grand Rapids, saving up oh, the money yeah. to go do his thing. and. Caesars like six years ago. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. But he was saving for that new camera and he got that camera and now he's traveling the world with artists making videos, music videos. Like that is amazing. And so we're grilling at his place and I'm sitting here. He's like, oh, he's, you know, there's like three of his boys there. He's like, oh, my man Dan here knows a lot about hip hop. And I was like, come on, man. I mean, like, whatever. He's like, no, you do. And we started talking. And these dudes were like, word, you know your stuff. I was like, well, yeah, that was in this song or whatever. He said it himself. Like, I listened to the lyrics, whatever. And next thing I know, I'm asking these dudes questions. And he said, oh, yeah, I I produced this song on Jay-Z's Black album. I'm like, what? (laughs) Excuse me? Who are you? And he's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm this dude. And I'm like, what? And then oh, he's like, oh, yeah, he was this dude's manager. I was like, wait, you did what? You were in the room with Lior Cohen or Jay-Z and with, you know, Lupe Fiasco. And they're like, yeah. And I, I'm like, wow, do I have some questions? So I'm like, tell me what happened here. What happened there? And next thing I know, at the end of the night, these dudes are like, you're cool as hell, man. Like, here's our phone number. You know, if you're looking for a job here, like, let me know. And I'm like, word, like, thank you. This is incredible. But it just comes from that passion. It, it comes from reading the liner notes of those, you know, those records that I bought. <laughs> it comes to actually listening to the beat or the actual words. And it, and it, those conversations were real. I was having them. And then I was at Amoeba the other day and Corinne Bailey Ray was right there. And I got to meet her. 
talk to her. Like, I love your music. You know, just little things like that. I shook Peanut Butter Wolf's hand like two weeks ago. He's one of the reasons I'm out here. He's a white dude who loves hip hop. I'm like, that is, I can identify with that feeling. And he is doing huge things. And I said, man, I would love to work for you. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, word, not really look for anything, but yeah. And I, I asked him a couple questions, a couple questions. So I got advice from Peanut Butter Wolf. I can add that to my resume. Like, that's exactly why I'm out here is to learn from these people that are doing what I want to do. All right, so you're obviously huge into music. We'll wrap up with a couple kind of rapid-fire questions, and then we'll let you go. Uh, oh you know, album we should be listening to right now that we don't know we should be listening to? Oh, well, I'm a little biased right now, but the new Corinne Bailey Ray. <laughs> Only because you nearly made it out. You nearly made out with her the other day, but okay. We'll Actually, it... there's a couple photos, and then when I'm reaching in for a yep, hug, yeah, like, yeah. whatever. It kind of looks like we're it, kissing. It certainly does. Um <laughs> Okay. Uh, the, new, uh, the new Catfish and Bottleman album is fucking amazing. It's it's phenomenal. Like absolutely recommend it. It's number one in the UK right now. America, you gotta wake up because that thing is banging. Like listen to that album. All right. Uh, what should we be reading right now? Blog or book? Oh, you should read some of my accounting homework. No, we should not. <laughs> what should we actually Just... read? Oh, uh, wow. Um, I'm looking at my my books that I'm reading right now. I'm reading Hitman actually. Hitman is a book it's from like amazing early nineties, maybe yep. late eighties, um, about the music industry. Yep. It it looks at CBS Records, which is now like Columbia, I think, um, and all of the drugs and money and scandal. Like before Payola was a thing, these dudes invented it. <laughs> Have you read any of the Thirty Three and a Thirds? No, you should check that out on Amazon. It's like they're little teeny tiny books about that are like stories about albums. And there's, uh, I think, 150 of them. And I think they're four dollars or something. on Amazon. They're amazing. Uh, Okay, last thing. What if you could change one thing on this eight year journey? What would be the thing that you would have changed? Um, I would have. Focused a little bit more. I wish I would have. Not that I have any regrets whatsoever. But I wanted to move when I was 18 and now I'm moving at 27. So I wish I would have done this three years ago. But looking at my timeline, I don't think I could have. And everything's working out. But yeah, I wish I would have done it earlier because there's so much world out here. And I love West Michigan and it'll always be home. But you really got to expose yourself to new ideas, new environments, new people. Like get yourself out of the comfort zone. And that's exactly what Los Angeles is doing to me right now. And it's beautiful. Dan Hill, if people want to reach out to you, what? how do they do that? Uh, definitely on Facebook, Dan Farber Hill. Uh, my email is hilljdaniel at gmail.com. It's my name backwards. Um, and then... Uh, <laughs> how, how innovative of you. On, yeah, Twitter, right? on Twitter, same thing, right? Um, I'm on Twitter, yeah. It's hilljdaniel as well. I don't really... Snapchat. I don't use Twitter, uh, Twitter to tweet. I just follow people. Okay. Post interesting things. I'm on Snapchat. Yeah. Uh, it's Hizzle Fa Shizzle. H i z z l e f a Fa Shizzle. S h i z z l e. My friends chose that. I did not, but I kind of love it. <laughs> All right, my friend. Thank you so much for the time. I have finished my KBS, so our conversation Eric, is over. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate you and everything you do, man. You're one of my heroes, for sure. Thank you, my friend. All right, dude. See ya. We'll be right back.